Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today at Life Church Home. This is our podcast, and this is so crucial to what we do here because we want to help people understand how great God is and how great His purpose for your life is. And so I know today you're going to be blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by this message. So come on, let's get it started. Valor. Excel Men's Conference, November 20th to the 21st. At Life Church with Pete Wilson, lead pastor at Cross Point Church, Nashville, USA. Clinical psychologist Dr. Robbie Sonderegger and hosted by Steve Gambill. At Life Church, Wapping Road, Bradford, BD30EQ. Book online at lifechurchhome.com for £35 or call us 01274-307-233. Valor. The very things that we complain about are the very things we prayed about. Some of you prayed for that job in ministry or you prayed for that job in business, but when your heart gets empty, you begin to complain about the job that when your heart was full, you were like, oh God, I'm so blessed that you would entrust this to me. Oh God, I'm so thankful that you chose me. Oh God, I'm so grateful that I got placed in this family. But when your heart is empty, all the language changes. Generosity is a key to keeping your heart full. If you don't feel like it, give. If you don't feel like it, say it. You know, when I don't feel like being generous, I make myself be generous. I'm like, who can I bless? Because I don't want to, but I know it's going to fill my heart back up. By blessing you, you're doing me a favor, and I can fill my heart back up. When you live with a lack of generosity, you feel you are owed instead of blessed. When you live with a feeling and an emptiness in your heart, then you feel entitled instead of entrusted. And we're not entitled to anything, not even the breath we breathe. God is the giver and the provider of the air in your lungs this morning. So how can we let our heart run empty of praise towards the one that gave us our all? Goes on to say after he dismissed the guys, things went from bad to worse. And now his lack of generosity has caused David's men to come and to attack their land. And so one of the servants runs to Abigail, his wise and intelligent wife, and all the men in here that married a wise and intelligent wife, give me an amen. And if you want a good marriage, you should all say amen very loudly. Hello, hello, that was your cue, guys, to say amen and get brownie points from the wife. Verse 14, it says that Abigail, his wife, hears what's been happening, and one of the servants comes to her because they know she has a full heart. See, when people bump into empty heart, they'll soon walk off and try and find someone with a full heart. That's why we as a church need to have a full heart. We don't want anyone walking through the door and finding someone greeting them on the door whose heart's less than their own heart when they walked in. Hello? I don't need to be meted by your misery. I have enough of that going on in my own life. I need somebody on the door whose hand is full because their heart is full, not shaking a hand because they've been told to. I don't want to stand in worship and watch a worship team play notes because their hands are full of a guitar but they haven't worshiped God all week. So their heart isn't full, but their hands are full. I'm just gonna stand up here on the worship team this morning, because that's my job. 
And so my hands are full because I have a gift and a talent. I have a gift and a talent, so I'm gonna... Gonna have to face it, you're addicted to love. Robert Palmer, girl. Just came in my mind just then, okay. Sometimes I look and I'm like, wow, your hand is full. I'm not sure about your heart. But then I see this in the worship and I'm like, I think there's a connection between what's in here and what's being played here. You want great musicians? Find people whose heart's full. Not of themselves, not of their latest thing that they want to impress you with. Not look at me, aren't I gifted, put me on the album. But I am so full of Jesus this morning. And one of the things in my hands to express that is this instrument. And I don't really want to come to church and sit under a message that's preached by someone whose hand is full, but their heart is dry. But you can do that. And you know how I know you can do that? Because some of you did this this morning, but there was nothing going on here. Your hands were full, but your heart was empty. So what are we going to do about it? One of the other signs that your heart is getting empty is that your ears close. Because they went to see Abigail, and it says the servant said to her, could you do something? And then it says this line, we need you to help us, Abigail, because Nabal is such a wicked man and nobody can talk to him. When your heart becomes empty, your ears become closed because you just don't want to know what anybody has to say. And I just don't want to know what you're gonna tell me because you're probably gonna tell me something It's gonna mean I have to do. And some of you this morning, you're like, this is the worst message I could have heard today. And you know why? Because your heart is low. And when your heart is low, you're like, I don't wanna be told that. I don't wanna change. You don't understand what I'm going through right now. You don't understand the week I've had because we don't like anybody to talk to us about what really matters when our heart is empty, because their fullness irritates our emptiness, because their love reveals our lack of love, because their grace shows that we have no grace, that their compassion reveals that we are out of compassion, and so we'd rather isolate ourselves than include ourselves. And the household's conversation was, we're in big trouble, but we can't talk to the guy whose hands are full because his hearing is hard. And one of the signs in life, in any area, whether it's business, whether it's ministry, whether it's praying for someone, whether it's raising your kids, whatever's in your hands, one of the signs that you're running on low is when you handle people rather than hear people. I'm just handling you. I'm just, that's what I need to do with you and I'm just handling you and I'm just handling you and I'm handling that difficult child and I'm handling this person at work and I'm handling this area of ministry. I'm just handle, I'm handling, I'm handling. No, you're not supposed to handle it. You're supposed to hear what God has to say about it. You're supposed to feel what God feels about it. And when you hear and you feel, you handle differently. You're careful, not careless. You're intentional, not casual. But Nabal was like, I'm done. 
Nobody could speak to him. And I'm asking you, who's speaking into your life right now? Who are you allowing to confront the emptiness and the low gauge on your spirit? Who are you saying, I welcome the counsel because I don't want to drop what's in my heart, hands. I just want to fill my heart. Some of you have quit jobs, quit things of serving, walked out on stuff. And now your hands are empty, so you have more time. But guess what? You're no fuller. What you thought would relieve the stress has relieved no stress at all. It's just put more time in the bank of your life. And the thing is, when your heart is empty and you have more time, you're in trouble. Because what happens next is what Nabal did next, is you start to fill your empty void with things that are totally meaningless to your future. You begin to do stuff that makes no difference to your destiny or your future. And so while she's solving, Abigail is letting her heart be hearing the problem and letting her heart respond. She's filling her hands and going to David to solve the problem. While all that's going on, it says that Nabal's getting drunk. It says in verse 36 that Abigail went to Nabal and he was in the house having a banquet like he was some kind of king. And he was in high spirits and very drunk because when your heart's empty, you fill the void with a lot of stuff. You turn to a relationship or casual sex or you backslide and you get out of the company that you don't like being around and you begin to change your habits. So his hands, your hands might be less full of the thing you said, I can't do that, but now you have time on your hands and the enemy loves it when you have time on your hands because he'll give you stupid conversations to be part of. He'll put you in a conversation with like, what's this church thing about anyway? And you don't need it anyway. No, you let your heart that used to be consumed for the house of God become empty. And now you're open to conversations you would have never entertained before. It's like, oh, well, you know, all marriages go through that. You know what, if I were you, you know, I'd just go out and party. Maybe you'll find somebody else that will fill the void. No, when your heart was full, you wouldn't have even contemplated an affair. But because you've let your heart get empty, now you're contemplating stuff that will derail your destiny. She fixed the problem. And it says this, she went and told him. But she didn't tell him nothing until daybreak. She waited until he was sober. Verse 37, then in the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him all the things she'd done to deal with David and to bless David. And when she told him, listen to this, his heart failed him. And he became like a stone. 10 days later, Nabal died. I told you this was a serious word this morning. Because here's what happens when you let your heart run and empty. It will only go so far and then it will completely shut down. There's a reason why you have a gauge in your car to let you know when the petrol's running low. Hello. And it beeps at you. You're running low. You're running low. And by beeping at you, it's telling you, you need to do something about this. I know right now the car is still moving, but I'm letting you know that eventually the car will stop moving, not because the car itself is broken, but because the fuel is low. The car is moving, but the fuel is low. The car is moving, but the fuel is low. Alert, alert, alert. And you can choose to do one of two things. You can ignore the flashing petrol gauge sign and say, car's still moving. 
Or you can say, I'm going to pay attention to the sign on the gauge. I'm going to pay attention to the flashing that's going on. And when I see it, I'm going to decide right now to refill my heart and restart and refuel. And some of you, the gauge is flashing. And for Nabal, his heart became like stone. What should have been pumping, stop pumping. And I close today by telling you this story. About three years ago, maybe a bit longer, three, four years ago, I have a complicated thing in my health. I have a very rare form of a diabetic situation. And it's really to do with fluid. It's nothing to do with sugar. And we don't talk about it from the platform. And, but it is a real thing that I have to deal with. So about three, years, four years ago, I, I found myself. I found myself on a hospital crash cart. I found myself in a place where I had flatlined. And my husband was not there and they had said she'll be fine, but I wasn't fine. And the next thing I knew, there was hospital people running around me and the paddles came out on the, whatever it's called, the charger, the unit that repumps your heart. And I literally had gone, I'd flatlined. Steve got a phone call saying, you need to come now. Something bad has happened. We think she's stroked out on the table. We're about to put the paddles on her heart to bring her back round. The worst phone call any husband could receive. Literally, my heart had become like stone. And the only way to bring my heart back was a literal shock. And here's why I tell you that story. Because some of you, you're heading for a shock. And I don't want you to have to get that far to fix your heart. I don't want the shock. I don't want the shock of a divorce paper to land on the table in your kitchen because you wouldn't fix your heart sooner. I don't want the shock of an addiction to creep into your life and you think, how in the heck did I get here? Because you didn't read the signs. See, I ended up getting shocked because I ignored the signs in my body. I was stubborn. So when I was dehydrated, that's a sign for me. You need to get a bag of fluid in your system. But I said to Steve, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I don't want to go to hospital. I'm fine. I'm fine. And he said, you're not fine. You need to go. And so I left it. And by the time I got in, I was so dry inside my physical organs, they were already in trouble. And then because I was mishandled by a medical member of staff, I was misdiagnosed, so I was left for even longer. And by the time I was seen to, it was already at a critical stage. But you see, if you do the same in your spiritual life, the same will happen to you. If you say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. My walk with God's fine, I'm good, I'm fine, everything's fine. You know what? Then you go ahead and tell yourself you're fine, but everything in your hands is gonna be affected. And I needed a shock to bring me back. And I don't want you to have to get to a shock stage. It says, Nabal's heart turned to stone. But he also says this, there was 10 days. 10 days between his heart turning to stone and Nabal dying. In other words, he had an opportunity to fix it. He had 10 days to say, I'm sorry. He had 10 days to repent. He had 10 days to realize what a fool I am. He had 10 days to open his eyes and see all he was going to lose. He had 10 days to say thank you to Abigail and say sorry to his team. He had 10 days to get his heart back up so his hands could stay full. But he ignored every sign and in 10 days, 
he was dead. His heart was like stone for 10 days, but some of you, your heart's been like stone for 10 months. Three years. Today, I want you to decide to restart your heart. Restart your heart. You say, Charlotte, how do I do that? Restart your heart. Well, there's some things you can do to restart your heart. One of them is renew your vows. Go back to the place of commitment. Say, I commit again. I put my knee on the ground, God, again, and I repent for what I've questioned. And I say, sorry for where I've drifted. And I come back and I renew my vows. Zeal for your house will consume me. I will not let other things consume me. You reaffirm some commitments. You say, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be one of these people that keep going in and coming back. I'm going to reaffirm and I'm going to stand by my word. You reestablish some boundaries. I will not have that conversation and I will not sit in that company because it empties my heart. You remember the why behind the what? Why you said yes. Why you put your hand up why you show up, the reasons why were the things that were in your heart before this all got too complicated. You refresh. You press refresh on your walk with God. You refresh this thing called a Bible in you. You refresh the way you pray. You refresh the way you give. You can restart your heart today. God is here to help you restart your heart. And some of you, I'm telling you, like I said at the beginning, you need to rededicate your life. It's the only way you're gonna get that place back. You have gotta just humbly come before His throne and say, I have been living a life of pretense. But honestly, really, this whole thing is because I'm backslidden. My heart and my hands are in a totally different place. I'm going through the motions, but in my heart, I am not surrendered anymore. In my heart, I'm not in love anymore. In my heart, I'm dry. All across the room, I want you to stand to your feet. And I don't know what this looks like for you today. Maybe you need to reconnect and that will restart your heart. Join a life group, get involved, get plugged in, get into community, reconnect. But this morning across this house, I'm asking you, where does this find you? It might just be in a small area where there's kind of a hole as it were in your heart that's leaking. But this is a moment to fill the hole, to say, I wanna restart today. I, I don't want my hands to be fuller than my heart. This is the answer to some of your marriages, your parenting, your business, your prayer life, your faith, your future. So with eyes closed all across the room, I told you at the beginning of this service that I was believing today that many, many would need to rededicate their heart. And this is what I wanna to say to you. I don't care who you are, there is no judgment in this moment. Our concern as pastors is that you would just do this. We don't care if you've been saved 20 years, but you've been drifting for five. I want to create a moment this moment where it's like an amnesty between you and God. And you're like, God, I'm just gonna be honest in this moment. I need to rededicate, I need to recommit. There are some things that are not right that I need to put right. I wanna create a moment where it's kind of like, like a, a surrender all moment. Everybody's eyes around this room are closed. But if you're saying this morning, Charlotte, I know one of the parts where I'm empty, I need to just rededicate my life. And I need you right now in this moment to respond. 
need you right now, maybe it's that you put your hand up or you come to the front. I don't know what it looks like for you, but this is your moment to say, I'm not gonna let that gauge flash anymore. I'm gonna walk forward, I'm gonna lift my hand, I'm gonna do something about this. I have a choice today and I choose to refill my heart, to rededicate my life. So all across the room right now, if you're saying, I know I need this moment, I know this is for me, just stick your hand up high or come down to the front, whichever you wanna do, and then we're gonna pray in a moment. And the presence of God is gonna fill your heart, is gonna fill your life, is gonna be an overshadowing of all that's going on in you. Come on, some of you need to leave your seat. You actually just need to spontaneously leave your seat this morning because in walking out, it's already uncomfortable for you to walk out. But the walking out is saying, I don't really care. I've lived my life pretending. I don't care anymore what people think. I wanna restart my heart today. I wanna restart. We're gonna ask the band to sing this one time to give you a moment to respond. And if you need to come forward in this moment, just begin to come as we sing and then we're gonna pray. Just begin to come as we sing and then we're gonna pray. Come on, let's just worship Him with this song. Hey, that's all we have time for now, but we would love to invite you to one of our four campuses, Bradford, Belfast, Leeds, or Warsaw, Poland. And if you can't come in person, drop us an email at hello at livechurchhome.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you, and we'd love to meet you in person. But until then, keep watching, and we'll keep praying for you. And we trust that God would continue to finish the perfect work that He's begun in your life. Life Church College is a one-year church-based Bible training program where students receive world-class teaching, practical church building skills, leadership training and personal development. This incredible course has been running for 15 years and has seen over 700 students graduate from all over the world. It allowed me to explore who I am and who God is and also allowed me to develop my skill set and realize that I can do so much more and I have such a bigger purpose than what I imagined at the beginning of the year. If you're looking to grow and develop in the things of God, then this is the course for you. And now I know I can build something. I can change this generation. I'm not just one more. I'm not just part of the crowd. I'm, I'm part of God's plans. For more information, visit lifechurchcollege.com. For more information, visit lifechurchcollege.com.